What's up, Hawks fans? Welcome to the inaugural episode of Sweater Weather, a Chicago Blackhawks podcast. My name is Luke. Joining me today is Abe. How are you doing, Abe? I am doing fantastic. Good, good. You excited for another season of Blackhawks hockey? I am. <laughs> I am. All right, well, that makes one of us. That's good. Um, so uh, let's, let's dive into uh, some of the news and whatnot that's happened over uh, the offseason here. Um, uh, start with some Hawks-related news. We've got... Um, uh, so Crawford, who has been uh, out since he played his last game with the Blackhawks on, I think, December 23rd of 2017, uh, out with a concussion... He has been practicing on the ice with uh, Blackhawks goalie coach Jimmy Waite, and he's been taking shots from uh, Gustav Forsling and Dylan Sakira. Uh, coach Q says that he could practice with the team as soon as Monday. Uh, so it looks like we're getting fairly close to Crawford returning to the lineup, although it's very doubtful that he'll be there for um, opening night. Uh, <clears throat> I could maybe see him making a return in early November, late October, what do you think? Mm, I think with him having to get his conditioning back and just facing live shooting and stuff, I think I think the target might actually be December. December? I think December. Like mid December. Okay. Yeah, that would put him out almost an entire year mm -hmm. without playing. Uh but yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It's um uh I've been following I'm following some people like uh Kat Silverman who uh uh, she's the uh, basically the uh, the goalie nerd for uh, the athletic, mm -hmm. and uh, she writes some articles about like um, uh, like like some great goalies, some not so great goalies. What makes them great? What makes them not so great? She did an article recently on Crawford, and she kind of broke down what makes uh, like she she took some videos from his practice sessions with Jimmy Waite, and uh, broke down like where he's. Where he's looking good, where he's not looking so great. She's saying that his uh, his ability to track the puck is 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 really good. It's in good shape. Uh, his his muscle memory is not all there yet. Um, his uh, he's his conditioning is definitely uh, it needs some work. He's um, he gets tired really quickly, things like that. It's uh, it's definitely going to be a grind for him to get back into the lineup. And when he comes back, he'll uh, they actually. They haven't ruled out him maybe making a couple of starts with Rockford. Um, that would probably be the best, just so he can actually face live play, but not where it's NHL-level yeah. players. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think December sounds uh, outrageous. Um, I guess we'll see. Uh... The uh, so the training camp roster it's down to basically one extra forward. Um, they got to cut one more guy, and it's kind of looking like it's going to be Dylan Sakira. He had a really good training camp. Uh, we were actually there at the training camp festival. I noticed him a couple of times. I uh, there were a couple of times, and I was like, "Who's this? Uh, who's ninety five? His hands are are great. He's uh, like deking past the defense and uh, really." really handling the puck well, and uh, I'd look at my, my roster sheet, and I saw that it was Dylan Sakira, which is a guy who I've followed for the past year or so, that he's been in the, the system, so I was, uh, 
But I guess he's been pretty quiet in the preseason, so... Yeah, because he looked pretty good in training camp. Like, he, yeah. to me, he was... Him and Yoki Harju were, like, the two that really stuck out, but during training camp. Yeah, um... Yeah, Jogi Haru, he he actually didn't stick out to me, and I mean that in a good way. He was uh, he looked very very comfortable, very defensively sound. Um, he he didn't make big mistakes. Uh, he also he didn't really like he didn't make any huge scoring plays or uh, anything like that. I think uh, he's I. I, th- I think he he's going to be really good someday. I, I'm not sure if he's going to have a great season this year or if uh, it'll be next year, but he's he looked good. Um, let's see. So uh, uh, in the game against Ottawa, uh, Q had sod on the third line with uh, uh, Chris Kunitz and Luke Johnson. Um, and after that game, Q referred to Saad's performance as ordinary. Which for anyone who understands Q speak is uh, probably the the worst thing he could say about a player. Uh, so now for tonight's game against Columbus, he's got him back on the second line with uh, Schmaltz and Kane. Hopefully, he'll be a little bit more productive. Yeah, I'm hoping Sad can go back to his rookie days when he was really productive. Yeah, yeah, he um. Uh, he had a solid rookie season, and then his like the uh, like the three seasons after that, he was like a fifty point player, um, including his time in uh, Columbus. And then last season, he came back and he uh, he scored, I want to say, like twenty like twenty goals and thirty eight points or something. Um, now I gotta look this up, but yeah, it was a pretty precipitous drop off. Um, Let's see, 16 and 17. He had 24 goals and 53 points. Last year, he had 18 goals and 35 points. Wow. Yeah, and his plus minus went from 23 to minus 10. Um, but, yeah, that was a, uh, a notoriously bad year for Saad. His shooting percentage dropped from 11.4 in his last year with Columbus, down to 7.6. I mean, I, just, I think overall, just all the players on the team did mm-hmm. below average for the past, for that season, so. Yeah, um, there, there was, there's a lot of drop-off. Uh, like, it just seemed like more guys were taking steps back than steps forward. Um, like, Duncan Keith, he scored two goals all year. Uh, on like 170 shots or something like that. Uh, his he had he had one goal, and then bef- like between the time that he scored the uh, before he scored that second goal, I think it was like that second to last game against uh, St. Louis. He scored uh, he scored the goal at the very end of the game that won it for us, uh, and helped keep the Blues out of the playoffs, mm-hmm. which is uh, very clutch of him. Um, People were saying that if he didn't score a second goal, he would wind up with the uh, the lowest non-zero shooting percentage of any player uh, in a season, um, which is not which is not a, a, a 
which is not an accolade that one wants to have. Yeah. Yeah, like for me, one of the players I'm hoping can bounce back, especially after lackluster couple of seasons, is Taves for sure. Yeah. He's like, since that contract extension kicked in, he's, I feel like he's been underperforming badly. But I mean, obviously, the, I think it was a deal. The first year of the new contract, he just was dealing with those back issues all season. So, I mean, I can get yeah. him a pass for that. But last season, he was relatively healthy and didn't produce as well as he could have, I feel like. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, the area of the back issues, I think that was, I think that was 16, 17, um, when the Hawks won like 50 four games and they were on top of the Western Conference before they got swept by the Nashville Predators in the first round. Um, yeah, his performance was down. Uh, last season, I don't know what it was. Uh, it, it seems like he and Saad had like a similar uh, monkey on their back because like they were both, they're both really productive in terms of creating chances, but like their, their shooting percentages were low and they just, they didn't have that finish. Um, I think another big part of that was maybe that uh, Taves didn't have a proper uh, right wing that whole season, because Richard Panic just had an awful year. Uh, he got traded to Arizona for Anthony Duclair, who is no longer with us. He's on Columbus. Um, and they, they didn't really have anyone to... Who, who, played, who played on the right wing after uh, uh, Panic was traded? I know the blender was going, the line blender was going nonstop all season, but I can't remember who the, the biggest mainstay was on that line. Mm. Uh, Wasn't it Hayden? That that sounds right. I think it was Hayden. That sounds right. Um, but yeah, Hayden is uh, he's he's a real young guy. He's he's like, you know, a top nine guy uh, at his best. Uh, he's not the kind of guy who's going to bring Taves to another level just by playing on a line with him. Yeah, I mean, like, just looking at Taves' stats the last two seasons, like, his numbers are pretty comparable to his previous seasons, but, like, the plus-minus has been... Last season was a minus-one, and the season before that with the back issues was a seven. Yeah. And... It just, like, you can see he's, like, hit a wall pretty much. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I pulled up his stats page, and you're, you're absolutely right, especially when you look at goals. Uh, he had 28 goals in 15-16, and then, like, comparable numbers, like, every year before that. But uh, ever since last year, he's had, he had 21 goals uh, two years ago. He had 20 goals last year. Uh, it's... Uh, his shooting percentage took a it, it took a small dive. It, it fell below ten percent last year. It was at nine point five, but it was uh, wow. In twenty thirteen, his shooting percentage was sixteen percent. In oh nine, it was seventeen point four. That's incredible. Um, so yeah, we really need. It would be awesome if Taves could have like a like an Andre Kopitar, Taylor Hall, uh, Nathan McKinnon style uh come back yeah i mean like the one thing that he does have going for him too is that like his face-off percentage has definitely stayed up there mm -hmm. like last season it's 
who's 58%, which was one of the highest he's had in his career. So, like, I appreciate that he's a two-way player, for sure, which helps. But, I mean, I think just the dip has had to do with injuries. I don't know if he was just dealing with something last season as well that he never disclosed or it was just pretty much a like just a reflection of how poorly the team performed as a whole last season mm-hmm. it it doesn't help certainly that um, Marion Hosa wasn't playing on a wing with him because uh, Hosa was just an incredible two-way player and it really yeah was... I, I think that yeah I think that had a profound impact on the team last season too when they found out he was Pretty much his career is done because of that yeah. allergy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at Taylor Hall's stats. He won the uh, he won the heart last year as the uh, the MVP of the league. He went from this is just absolutely insane. Um, he went from in 16-17, he had 20 goals and 53 points. With a minus nine plus minus, uh, and an eight point four shooting percentage, to thirty nine goals last season, which is almost double. Uh, Ninety three points, which is almost double. Uh, plus fourteen, which is he had minus nine last year. So that's that's like twenty five more. Uh, and then his shooting percentage went from 8.4 to 14%. Like, that is just an incredible, just That's astonishing. a huge turnaround. It's, it's, it's a massive turnaround. Um, yeah, Andre Kopitar did something similar. He went from uh, 12 goals in 76 games in 16-17 to 35 goals in 82 games. He went from 52 points to 92. Uh... I mean, it's it's possible. These guys are showing that it's possible. Uh, Nathan McKinnon basically single-handedly dragged the Avalanche into the playoffs. Uh, let's see. He went from 16 goals in 82 games two years ago to, th- wow, to 39 goals last year in 74 games. He didn't even play the entire season. And he, like, he, like, tripled his goals almost. Like, his points per game, that's insane. Yeah, he went from 53 points to 97 points. If these guys are doing it, then surely Taves can do it. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like maybe now this upcoming season with, like, now that they know for sure Hosa's not coming back and mm-hmm. whatnot, I feel like maybe things will be, I think they might perform a little better than they did last season. Yeah, I think they'll be better than last season, especially if they get Crawford back. Um, I don't know that Crawford's going to be at 100% right away. But uh, even if even if Crawford is... Uh, even if Crawford's back, like, just at all, and he's not back to his, uh, his like, in the Vezina conversation caliber self that he was up until he went down last season, then I still think they're going to... At least compete for a wild card spot. Yeah, and I feel like with Crawford for sure, especially if he's he's gonna be rusty, especially when he comes back to his starting role. Mm-hmm. I think 
it's essentially going to be a season-long process for him just to get his conditioning back and everything back to where he was before he was dealing with the concussion. So, yeah, I mean, so it's going to be a combination of hopefully him being at least somewhat solid for the rest of the season, plus the offense and defense being playing well enough to mm. either get us into a wild card or the division, which that's a stretch, but mm-hmm. you never know. So you think maybe Crawford's healthy for, not that he'll start every one of these games, but maybe he's healthy for 50 to 60, maybe 50 games. Maybe he starts 35 of those. Uh, maybe he's got like a like a 9... 15, 920 save percentage in that time. Uh, I think, yeah, that's that's maybe good enough to get us into the wild card. Um, I, Crawford's definitely like the single biggest factor that uh, contributes to whether or not we get back into the playoffs. Crawford is probably the difference between us bump, uh, getting into last place like we did last year and us being, you know, like fourth and fighting it out with... Uh, uh, like St. Louis and um, and Dallas and uh, uh, Colorado for like the wild card. Yeah, I think fifty, like fifty for me is like the number for Crawford. I feel like like fifty games. You think he'll be healthy for fifty games? I feel like he could, but at the same time, if it's going to be a gradual thing for him, he might play fewer than that. Yeah, just because. They're not going to want him starting every game, like, given an off day or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I think my guess is that when, if he gets sent to Rockford for some rehab starts, he won't be the primary for initially. Mm-hmm. He'll be the backup. Yeah. And then I feel like once they feel like he's comfortable or he's gotten back acclimated to NHL-level action... That's when they'll make him the the starter again. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, it's just it's just really important that they they not push him too fast and uh, throw him into a lot of like a lot of like big games or back to back situations that he's not ready for yet. Um, uh, so uh, moving on, the Hawks announced that they will now reveal the specifics of injuries. And they will reveal uh, how much money uh, goes into uh, uh, new contract signings. Um, the, this is a really big change. The Hawks have been fairly opaque about these things in the past, especially the injuries. They wouldn't even tell us that Crawford had a concussion last season. Yeah, it was uh, just the upper body injury. Yeah, upper body. And then the like, it was pretty obvious because not a lot of upper body injuries come with such a nebulous timetable as concussions. Um, and, uh, just like add on to the fact that I think in February, I think it was February 12th, he, uh, he flew with the team to Arizona and he was supposed to practice with the team. And then he just like, he just fell off the radar after that. He never skated with the team. He never, uh, he never practiced. He never, um, as far as we know, he wasn't in the weight room even. Uh, and I was, uh, I was listening to, uh, it was episode one of the athletic, uh, Blackhawks podcast with uh, Scott Powers and um, Mark Lazarus and uh, Laz said that he knew people who were on that plane 
taking the Hawks to Arizona on uh, uh, February. I want to say Feb- I, I want to say it was February twelfth. And um, I guess just the whole time he was like holding his head and he was like like just barely able to uh, uh, remain, you know, uh, like uh, like composed. And he he just seemed really uh, bothered by uh, the flight. Like you don't take a guy with a concussion and stick him twenty thousand feet in the air. Right. They should invest in coach buses. <laughs> No, they they've got uh, they got Rocky Wirtz money. Yeah, I mean, at the th- like I like that they're being more um, <clears throat> transparent about injuries, but at the same time, I feel like that's a pretty big liability at the same time because you're disclosing these injuries, which the entire league isn't even made aware of. Yeah. So when these players come back from injury. Now you've set them up. I feel like you've set them up to be targets for other teams to see that. Oh, hey, like he was dealing with this injury. Let's test it and hit him there. Yeah, I'd like to think that most players are better than that. But you've definitely got some guys like Ryan Reeves. Uh, you know, the first game they play against Vegas, Ryan Reeves is probably gonna go for his head. Um, does Ryan Reeves still play for Vegas? I don't know. I think he does. He he went all around the league last season. He he was in uh, St. Louis, and then he got traded to uh, uh, Pittsburgh during the draft. Um, and then he, he was traded mid-season to uh, Vegas. Yeah, he's still with Vegas. Yeah, I just remember I hated the hell out of him when he oh, was with... Uh, he's such a douche. The, with the Blues. I know. Yeah, he's the worst. I hated that guy. Um, uh, some non-Blackhawks related news uh, Eric Carlson got traded to San Jose that's a huge trade yeah absolutely massive trade it, it just makes the West just so much more dangerous um, how far do you think they'll go in the playoffs I don't know I mean it depends you gotta see how it's gonna play out the whole season cause you never know yeah hockey's been Proven to have the most parity out of any league. Yeah, you you never know what's going to happen, which is part of what I love about it. Um, But at the same time, like I'm excited, like I'm interested to see how if the Sharks decide to pair up Burns and Carlson together, or they're going to split them into two separate defenseman lines. That that's that would be interesting. Um, I think. I think it'd almost be overkill to put them together in uh, five on five, but I could maybe see them together on the power play uh, because those are just like two of the best defensemen in the league and two of the most offensive defensemen in the league. Uh, do you know? Mm, uh, now I got to figure out which one. Like if I, I don't know whether they shoot left or right. If you'd even want to put them together. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Hold, please. <laughs> uh, all right. Burns is right-handed. Carlson is also right-handed. So maybe they're like, uh, maybe they're like the 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 top two pairings. They're um, one A, one B. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, Who's their other big defenseman? Vlasic? Pickles, yes. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, he's, he's nothing compared to uh, Burns and Carlson, but um, still definitely dangerous. They've got a, a pretty solid defensive core there. Um, they still got Jumbo. They still got uh, Marlowe. No, no, Marlowe's gone. Marlowe's gone. But uh, uh, I feel like Joe still has maybe one or two seasons left in him. But he's yeah. he's getting he's getting up there in age. So he's, he's like a billion years old. He's like almost forty, right? I think so. But that beard. <laughs> that beard. That, <laughs> that that's beard, what keeps though. him going. Uh, yeah, he's thirty nine. Uh, his birthday is July second. So uh, yeah, he'll be thirty nine all season. It's absolutely crazy to me that he's still playing hockey. Well, I mean, you have that crazy anomaly of, uh, what's-his-face, that just retired finally. Oh, God, why can I not remember his name right now? Uh, you talking about Yager? Yes, Yager. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he, like, retired. He, um, he's, he's now playing in, uh, was it Czechoslovakia or whatever country he's from. The KHL? I think he's in the KHL now. Yeah. Uh, he, he's in Europe somewhere, playing because um, after his short stint with the uh, with the Flames, he he didn't uh, no one signed him, so he just went over to uh, over to Europe to keep playing. Uh, and he's like he's like forty five or something. He's he's so old. A hundred. <laughs> yeah. Um, looking at jo- Joe Thornton's stats here, he had thirteen goals last year and thirty six points. Uh, I mean that's. That's not terrible for someone their age. Yeah, no, it's for a center, not bad. Yeah, it's not elite numbers, but he's uh, uh, it's still really good for a thirty-nine-year-old. I don't think Patrick Sharp even had those kind of numbers, and Patrick Sharp is uh, only a couple years younger than he is. Yeah, but Patrick Sharp's don't forget he was a sniper pretty much his entire career. So yeah, yeah, um, I feel like I kind of feel like Alex DeBrinket will end up being like a Patrick Sharp type of player. Although, uh, Debrinket is shorter than Sharpie. So I could see, I could see him having a lower ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So, uh, Joe Thornton's shooting percentage last season was 17.3. That's, wow. <laughs> he didn't take a lot of shots, but he, uh, he made the ones he took. Uh, let's see. Max Pacioretty got traded to Vegas. Um, from Montreal. The train wreck, Montreal. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That, uh, uh, Eugene Melnick? No, no, he's the owner of, uh, the Ottawa Senators. Um, uh, per, uh, Patrice? No, um, Bergevin. Bergevin. Uh, I forget his first name. Bergevin is the GM there, and he's just awful. He, uh, um... Yeah, everyone's trying to get away from Montreal. Yeah, I like I have absolutely no idea what that organization is doing. I, I think they'll be bottom five this year. Maybe. Who do you think the bottom five will be this year? I think Ottawa and Detroit. I think uh, the Rangers will probably be down there because they're rebuilding. But the Rangers like want to be down there. They're not down there because of some shit show. They 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 pulled the trigger on a rebuild. Yeah, um, I think Arizona might be down there for sure. You think so? I kind of feel like Arizona's on the upswing. Not like they're gonna get back in the playoffs or anything, but maybe they'll be like, like, 
like fourth or fifth in the division instead of seventh? I don't know. I mean, I Vancouver too. I feel like is another one that could be oh, one of the bottom teams for sure. For Although sure. we know for sure that they're rebuilding. So yeah, yeah. Uh, though that that was uh, were they the ones that signed Jay Beagle to like four million dollars? They signed one of those guys who uh, uh, Jay Beagle. Where did he go? Yep, Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah, salary 1.45. No, that's from 2016. Jay Beagle's salary. Uh, no, that's old. So he left the Capitals for Vancouver? Yeah. After winning the Cup? Yeah. Why? Uh, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think he, he thought he'd make more money in free agency. Uh, yeah, so his his base salary is $1.4 million and his signing bonus is $3 million. So he's making $4 million this year with Vancouver, uh, and his, his cap hit is $3 million, which, like, that's, that's way too much money for Jay Beagle. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so bottom five, I feel like Detroit, Montreal, Vancouver, Arizona... I don't know who the fifth one will be. The Islanders. Islanders, you think? Well, Maybe. Tavares left, right? Yeah, Tavares left. Yeah, I, I definitely... Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I'll go with the Islanders for my fifth. The, like, the only good thing they've got going for them is uh, Matthew Barzal. I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right. Uh, he, was, he was in the conversation for Rookie of the Year last year. Uh, who, who won the Calder last year? Um, I don't remember. Uh, 2018, Calder. Oh, it was Barzal. <laughs> Alright, so, yeah, they've got, they got him, at least. But he's not enough to carry a team, especially without their, uh, especially without Tavares. <clears throat> um... Uh, and then uh, the last news item I have here is uh, Steve Eiserman stepped down as the GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Everyone says that he's... Well, everyone everyone predicts that he's going to f- make his way back to Detroit uh, maybe as uh, maybe as like a, an ambassador or some kind of like uh, like sort of hands-on, hands-off role. Um I don't know that he's going to uh, replace Ken Holland because uh, I think Ken Holland just signed a contract extension. They're, it, it, it just seems like they're they're doubling down on Ken Holland. I don't see them like pulling him out to put Steve Eiserman in there. Uh, but Steve Eiserman is largely regarded... He's widely regarded as the best GM in the league, so... I mean, I think... I feel like he left Tampa in good hands for the most part. I mean... They still have Stamkos. They got a pretty solid goalie. Yeah, Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky. So I feel like they just need a couple of... They're missing a couple of pieces to be a real title contender. I I think they're at the top of the power rankings. Or they're like in the top three. Um, They've they've definitely got a chance. They've they've made, what, like five uh, conference finals in the past, like... Eight years or something. They're that's a really good team. They just uh, they just haven't quite finished it off yet. Mm-hmm. Um, 
doesn't help that they ran into us in 2015. Right. Um, you know, I hear that uh, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks might have a GM opening soon. We'll see. See, I, I, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that. <clears throat> I mean, what what was your number when we were talking before? Like, what was your number where you feel like number of games based on the performance where you feel like either Q or Bowman or both are gone? Um... I think uh, I think it depends. It depends a lot. Um, if all right, so we we know Crawford's not going to be back to start the season. So this first scenario is, I think, pretty likely. Um, if the Hawks like first twenty games of the season go like, say they go like seven, ten, and three, or something like that, uh, I could see Q getting fired. Uh, and of course, he wouldn't be fired. He would be fired, which means, you know, like promoted or uh, they'd make him an ambassador or uh, something like that. Like, uh, just because, uh, not that I think he deserves it. I think Bowman deserves to shoulder more of the blame than Q does for the state of this team. But uh, it's like, he is the longest tenured coach in the NHL and it's a pretty... Uh, it's common knowledge that the easiest way to shake up the chemistry of a team in a hurry is to fire the coach. And, um, like, he's definitely a future Hall of Famer, but he's, uh, I think they, at some point, they're going to say, listen, you're, we're, we're going to, we're going to bring someone else in to coach and you, we're going to make you an ambassador and you're going to walk around to all the suites in the United Center and you're going to kiss babies and shake hands. Um... Uh, so, yeah, to answer your question, I think if, like, their first 20 games, <clears throat> they get off to, like, a 7-10-3 start or something comparable to that, if they're a below 500 team, I think there's a good chance that uh, uh, Q gets the boot. If they are, if they're not looking like a playoff team, like Crawford or not, by New Year's, I think maybe, like, early January, Q gets the boot. Um, if they... If they're in the mix for the playoffs all season, but they just barely miss the playoffs, or if they have, like, maybe they get swept in the first round or uh, something like that, then maybe Q gets fired at the end of the season uh, or uh, during the off season. Uh I don't think Bowman would get fired mid-season. Uh, general managers don't typically get uh, replaced mid-season. But I could see, I could see in any of the scenarios that I just listed, uh, Stan Bowman being replaced uh, in the summer of 2019, hopefully by Steve Eiserman. <laughs> uh, what do you think? My number, I would say, is 35. 35 games for Q. Yeah? I feel like that's, it's just short of half the season. Okay. And I feel like 35 games gives you a good idea of which direction the team is headed. So okay. I feel like if they're slightly over 500 at that 35-game mark, I think the team will continue. I think Q will continue as the coach for the team. Okay. But if they're under 500, <clears throat> I think he's gone. Now... At the same time, though, 
I feel like maybe if the season ends up being another train wreck like last season was, mm-hmm. maybe Bowman gets let go, but perhaps Q could possibly become GM. You think so? Maybe. Hmm. I mean, it'd be interesting. That is, that is an interesting scenario. I, hmm. I don't know if he. I don't know if he'd want to be GM. Like I, like I really don't know. I'm not saying he wouldn't. Like I really don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, hmm. that's a way out there thought. Yeah. But. <laughs> I mean, th- that would be, that would be something. And then they'll make Bowman the coach. No. <laughs> um, no. Uh, uh, so now that we mention it, um, uh, after they, uh, after they released the, uh, the Blackhawks 18-19 schedule on uh, June 21st, uh, Mark Potish uh, of the uh, Sun-Times... Uh, tweet it like he's 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 pretty well known for like his dry sense of humor um he was the guy who uh i i'm pretty sure he's the guy who started the uh the firefox meme you know with the bears, oh, the bears like fire yeah. john fox um he just said his profile picture on facebook or on uh, on twitter as the firefox logo um everyone close to him got it uh so he he tweeted shortly after uh, the schedule was announced. Basically, his win-loss predictions for the entire season. And uh, he said that the Hawks will go 5-10-3, uh, Key will get fired, and then they'll pull Jeremy Colleton from Rockford. And he's going to go 38-18-8, uh, with leaving the Blackhawks with 19, 97 points. Uh, now, I know he knew that... He, he, he intended this primarily as a joke. But I, I would actually, like, I held on to this because I want to see how close this is to reality. I actually don't know if they would, if Q gets fired, who do you think they replace him with? I don't know, I mean. I, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty clear that they're, they're grooming Jeremy Colleton to be the coach of the Blackhawks eventually. But I don't know that it's this year. Uh, so I see, I see two possible scenarios. I see either they pull up Jeremy Colleton from Rockford, or maybe they make Alf Samuelson the head coach. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, how long has um, he been coaching Rockford for? Uh, I think last year was his first year. And before that, I don't know he, what he did before that. Um, but he's... Uh, I don't. I don't think he's at a level where he can coach a professional hockey team yet. Um, I googled him, and all I get is like his hockey stats. <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, he's only thirty three. Oh, so he's still really young. Yeah, he's real young for a coach. Well, you know what? To be fair, though, like changing it up a little bit, like in the NBA, Brad Stevens, the coach of the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Dude is one of the best coaches in the entire league and he got his first coaching job at like he started in Butler, he was only in his 30s and mm-hmm. he led the team to two consecutive national championships. Oh wow. But, and now like 
three years after, I think two or three seasons after those two championship appearances, he um, he became coach of the Celtics. He is, how long has he been? He's been the coach of the Celtics for, it's going to be his fifth season now. Okay. And in those five seasons, it's crazy. Just like, he went from a young rookie coach to arguably one of the top three or four coaches in the NBA. I mean, the Celtics are up there in the standings. Yeah. They're like, they're one of the best teams. I I mean, they're not in the final every year because they're not uh, Golden State or LeBron's team, but... Yeah, but I, I mean, like, age, yeah, he's still young, but, I mean, mm-hmm. there have been coaches, young coaches that have been handed these teams, and mm-hmm. they've, like, it essentially becomes a work in progress, where they take them from mediocre at best to a top-tier team, yeah. so, you never know. Yeah, I can, I can see it. I mean, uh, Colleton, Colleton... He coached the Ice Hogs through uh, the playoffs last season. They they swept the first two rounds, and then they lost in five in uh, the uh, I don't know if it's called the conference finals or the in the HL, but like the third round. Um, Fred Hoiberg's pretty young, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's in his um. How old is he? I think he's pretty young too. He's um I think forties, fifties. He's forty five. No, oh, really? Yeah, and this is what is going to be his third season with the Bulls, so... Okay, okay. And then, um, I think, uh, transitioning over to baseball, I think, uh, it was not a coach, but uh, what, Theo Epstein, wasn't he like 29 when uh, the Red Sox hired him? Oof, I couldn't tell you, but... I mean, he's still pretty, pretty young as it is. Yeah, he's 44 right now. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's pretty young. Yeah, Epstein became the youngest general manager in history of the MLB when the Boston Red Sox hired him at the age of twenty-eight in two thousand two. It's from Wikipedia. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, so yeah, these these guys are getting pretty. They're getting younger and younger. Um, I could see it. I could see Jeremy Colleton becoming the uh, the coach of the Blackhawks. Although I would I wouldn't be surprised if it was maybe like. Maybe Q gets fired midseason, and then Alf Samuelson is the interim coach for the rest of the season, and then maybe they make Colleton the coach during the nineteen twenty season. I could see that happening because yeah. a lot of a lot of times there are the interim coaches. Like um, I think Mike Yale was the interim coach of the Wild after they fired their coach. Was it midway through? Midway through sixteen seventeen. I think it was. And yeah. That, yeah. And, that, and that's usually what they do. They'll... Um, now he's coaching the Blues, I think. They'll make a coach <clears throat> the, the interim if someone gets fired. Mm-hmm. For the most part. Unless it was basically like they gave this guy a rope and mm-hmm. they knew that it was basically if he ran out, he was gone. So we already had... They had the guy lined up and they gave him that contract extension right away. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense in that way where they pretty much either make him the head coach right away or keep the interim for a little bit and then make him permanent during that same season. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the interim coach thing usually tends to stick for the remainder of the season if someone gets fired. So mm-hmm. so we'll see. 
Yeah. It, it's going to be an interesting season for the Hawks. Uh, so it looks like Henry Jokiharu is going to make the team out of camp. Uh, they they just trimmed the uh, the defenseman down to seven, and Hugh was saying that he wanted to uh, carry seven defensemen, um, which is not terribly surprising. Uh, Jokiharu was on the he was he was kind of in the conversation to make the team out of camp before training camp even started. Uh, so what I'm wondering is once Forsling and Murphy come back, because uh, Forsling, he had wrist surgery. He's out until uh, probably early November. Murphy had back surgery. He's out until like November or December, depending on how well that went. Once those two are back, uh, where where is Jokey Haru? You think he gets sent down to Rockford? You think, I don't know, what do you think? I mean, I think it depends on his performances, but I mean, I could see Forsling actually being the one that stays down in Rockford. Yeah. And Murphy, if Murphy comes back, I can see them platooning pretty much. Because I feel like Murphy was more reliable than Forsling. Yeah. This past se- last season. <clears throat> yeah. Murphy's a solid defenseman. Um, I think I think a lot of people were disappointed with him because we traded Nick Jalmerson for him, and he is not Nick Jalmerson. Uh, he will never be Nick Jalmerson. Which, speaking of, I am not allowed to buy NHL jerseys <laughs> again because actually, just jerseys, <laughs> name player jerseys in general, for that reason. Because I had a Derrick Rose jersey, got traded. I didn't know you had a, a Derrick Rose jersey. I had two of them. <laughs> I got two Jimmy Butler jerseys. I knew about that. He got traded. I bought a Nick Jalmerson jersey, and he got traded. Yeah. So, like, who else did I... I bought a Yohan Mankato from the Sox. I'm like, ah. He, he... I don't think he'll get traded, but he did have a kind of a slow development uh, season this year. So we'll... We'll see how that goes. We'll see. We'll so, see. I feel like I should just not buy jerseys, period. <laughs> what is Moncada? Uh, second baseman? Is he yes. first baseman? Second baseman. Second baseman? Do they have... They, um... Alright, just... just we're, we're transitioning over to the Sox for a minute here. They've got... they got Tim Anderson on shortstop. They've got Yohan Moncada on second base. They just drafted Nick Madrigal, fourth overall. And he plays second base or shortstop. Do you think you think he knocks uh, Tim or uh, Mankata down the uh, uh, the depth chart? Maybe Tim. Yeah. If he doesn't pan out, or they <clears throat> transition him to third base. Hmm. Because okay. who plays third right now? Um, Yolmer Sanchez. Sanchez. All right. Yeah, but this past not this past season, but the season before, they drafted um Jake Berger. Who tore his Achilles? If I was, not, if I'm not mistaken, like in early into his like low A debut, pretty much. So he's okay. a power hitter. I mean, I can see him as a future DH for the mm-hmm. team if it doesn't pan out. Because I mean, the dude's pretty big as it is. So I could see him panning out more as a DH, but. Yeah. Are you talking about uh, Magical or... No, Burger. Burger, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Okay. Okay. Um, 
Uh, yeah, so I, uh, back to Yoki Haru, I think he could, um, I, I could see him going back to Rockford. I think um, it, it'd maybe be a toss-up whether he or Forsling are the more NHL-ready player, but I think Murphy would uh, definitely bump him from the roster. Um, or or someone. I'm, um... Rosenthal, maybe? <laughs> I... I have no idea what happened to Rosie. I know he like failed the fitness test like two years ago or something, and I just haven't seen him. I, I haven't seen anything from him since. Uh, so the the Blackhawks defensive core, uh, it's it's kind of in this weird state where they they got Duncan Keith, who was a number one. Well, he he was a number one in his prime. He's. Uh, Arguably, like a uh, maybe like a two or three now, unless he like really like uh, keeps up his his workouts and staves off father time. But uh, so, but he's he is by a country mile their best defenseman, so he's gonna have the number one job. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and then they just kind of seem to have this log jam of third pairing guys. Uh, and and not only that, but they've got all these guys who they signed to, like pretty decent contracts, that make you think that they're they're committed to these guys playing at the NHL level. Like uh, they just signed Brandon Davidson to I think a million dollars off of his uh, his uh, professional tryout. Uh, actually, that was a funny story because they they trimmed the the defenseman down to seven. And then he he wasn't even keeping track of how many defensemen there were on the roster. His brother texted him and said, hey, there's only seven defensemen. And he's like, oh, I guess I should call my agent. Because that means he made the team, basically. Um, So, yeah, they got Davidson. They've got, uh, got, well, Forsling's out. They've got Gustafson, who I think they just signed to like $2.2 million a year, I think. No, no. Uh, he's like one and a, one and a quarter or something. He's uh, it it you know it's it's NHL money. Um, uh, More money than we'll ever make. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brandon Manning. They signed him for uh, uh, two years out of uh, free free agency. That uh, that was a signing that I wasn't super crazy about. They really needed to land like an Eric Carlson or something like that. Uh, Jan Ruda, I think, is making like two and a quarter a year. Uh, and then there's Seabrook, who's not going anywhere. With that out of the contract. Yeah, and that no movement clause. Uh, Which I still don't get why you pay your second best defenseman more than your best defenseman. Because <laughs> uh, he's the the co-captain, basically. I don't know. It's... You're right though. They like they basically paid Seabrook for his past performance instead of paying him for what the performance that he would give them during the term of that contract. And and actually I still think they probably overpaid him. Like yeah, he's like he's like Taves's co-captain, but he was never I mean, Duncan Keith deserves that money. <laughs> yeah. And actually even even with the steps back that Keith has taken, he's still kind of a steal at like what's he make like 4 or 5 four million? Half. Yeah, 4 and a half million a year. Like that's 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 pretty good money for Duncan Keith, uh, and we were paying him that in his prime. Mm-hmm. We were paying him that in like twenty thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Um, uh, speaking of speaking of Eric Carlson, 
the the sharks did not give up very much for him. Um, oh, which, it just goes back to the train wreck that is Montreal. <laughs> that's that's true. They uh, who did they get? They got uh, or you mean Ottawa? Or Ottawa? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, I've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Uh, at least you're not Amazon shopping. That's true. Um, remember that time that uh, uh, it was the the, uh, the the 2016 playoffs. The Hawks were already out of it. I was bandwagoning the Sharks, and I bought a uh, a San Jose Sharks flag. Was it a when I was, flag or was it a jersey? It was a flag. I, well, I bought the jersey. I bought the jersey because I said if I, I was certain that the Kings were going to win in the first round, and I said that if the Sharks beat the Kings, I would buy a Brent Burns jersey. And the Sharks beat the Kings. So I stuck to my word and I bought a Brent Burns jersey. Um, but they they like got through like the second or third round or something, and I was I was bandwagoning the Sharks really hard, and I was uh, I was drinking, and I went on Amazon and I bought a Sharks flag because I have all these flags and I wanted a Sharks flag. And I woke up the next day to an Amazon confirmation email, and I was like, "What have I done?" And I canceled that because I didn't need to spend thirty five dollars on a San Jose Sharks flag. Um, all right, so I pulled up the um, the Carlson trade again. Yeah. So Ottawa got four players: forward Chris Tierney, defenseman Dylan Demello, forward prospects Josh Norris and Rudolph Spalsers, as well as a first round draft pick in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty, and a second round pick in twenty nineteen. And the first round draft pick was conditional with if the Sharks miss the playoffs this upcoming <coughs> season. The first rounder will be in 2019. Otherwise, it's a 2020 first round pick that goes to Ottawa. Okay. And there were also two conditional picks on top of that, which it says, should the Sharks sign Carlson to a contract extension, Ottawa will receive San Jose's second round selection in 2021, which would upgrade to a first round selection, not lottery protected, if San Jose reached the Stanley Cup final in 2019. And if Carlson is on an Eastern Conference roster reserve list during the 2018-2019 season, the Senators will receive an additional first-round pick from the Sharks. So basically, they can't trade Carlson mid-season to an Eastern Conference team, otherwise the Sharks have to give up even more. <laughs> Which would be stupid. That's, that's really stupid. Like, what... So presumably the reason that they don't want Carlson going to an Eastern Conference team is because they don't want to give the Senators... Uh, they don't want the Senators to have a harder time, uh, you, know, you know, playing. And uh, they... But the Senators are going to be a fucking dumpster fire this season anyway. So why does it matter? Why does it matter if another team in their conference has the best defenseman in the world... If the Senators aren't going to be shooting for uh, even making the playoffs this year. That, that was stupid. Um, I think just for the fact that it might piss off the Ottawa fans even more that they have to see him multiple times. I don't feel like... I know Eugene Melnick definitely does not care about what the Ottawa fan base thinks. Uh, Their GM's just an idiot. Uh, I was basing on his name right now. But, um, so you read out the terms of that contract and there were, you read out the terms of that trade and there were a lot of things in there, but it basically amounted to a couple of early picks, 
um, Chris Tierney, and uh, I think that Norris kid was their first round selection in 2017. Uh, I remember that because we were at that draft, and the kid's name was Norris, and that was the year that Burns won the Norris Trophy. So I was like, oh, that's funny. Um, so a good prospect, a good player, a couple of early picks. We could have given up that for Eric Carlson. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I feel like what we need more than anything with Crawford's uncertainty is a goalie. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think if Crawford is back, Cam Ward is a fine backup. Oh, yeah. Um, he's, you know, he's used to playing a lot of minutes. He's, uh... Yeah, he's, he's been a solid starter. Yeah, but he's, he's a replacement level goaltender at best. He's, like, I think he's had, like, a 9-0, like, a 9-0-8-ish save percentage. Like, a sub, a sub-9-10 save percentage in his past, uh, his career, basically. Um... And then, and then you got guys like Forsberg who really don't like Forsberg. He, who knows what's going to happen to him because he's he's only going to stay in the NHL until Crawford's healthy, mm-hmm. and then he's going to go to Rockford. And then Rockford, they've got they've got Colin Delia, and they've got uh, uh, I think they've got Lankin in down there. And then what are they going to do with those guys? Send them to uh, send them to uh, the Indy Fuel. So I don't know. We we might have to like trade a goaltender midseason or something like that. I sacrifice Brett Seabrook. <laughs> <laughs> you you just gotta buy a Seabrook jersey. That's the thing. And then he'll get traded. Yeah, but then that means I have to buy another jersey. <laughs> now, thank you. Um. Yeah. So the Hawks they made they made these moves during the off season. This is supposed to be like a make or break year for them. Like if they don't make the playoffs this year, then big changes have to happen. Uh, this big, like, obviously those big changes would include uh, a new coach. They'd probably include a new GM. I don't know that... I don't know that John McDonough would want to hit the reset button with, uh, with so many years left on Kane and Tate's contracts. Because those guys, they still... They still got good hockey left in them. Mm-hmm. Kane more so than Taves. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We're they we were in win now mode for so long, and now we're uh, we're really feeling the the hurt there. Um, yeah, I just feel like I hope it doesn't go back to those what twenty eleven to twenty fifteen twenty sixteen White Sox where. Where it was pretty much, oh, we're retooling, retooling, retooling. Before they finally decided to just blow it all up and decide with a full-on rebuild. Yeah. Because I would prefer, and I'm pretty sure most Hawks fans would agree, that if you'd rather sacrifice a full blow-up instead of being mediocre for a few more seasons, wasting the rest of the prime and twilight years of Kane and Taves as well as a couple of other younger players. Mm-hmm. If if this season doesn't go well, you know, we've got... Our farm system is, like, empty. Our core is getting older. 
the only guy the only guy who like really is uh like I mean, Patrick Kane's got some good years left in him but I, I don't know how many I don't know that he's got enough hockey left in him that he can hold out until we've got a good like ancillary group of players to surround him with uh for him to win another cup um I mean Keith's getting older uh Seabrook is like he is like way on the, on the decline we've you got know, speaking of Seabrook like with him having lost weight this off season and stuff, I feel like this is a make or break season for Seabrook. Yeah. What like, do you think break means? Like the Hawks will try to trade the, him or do something to get rid of him if he does not perform anywhere close to what they feel like he could perform at. I don't know if they can do though. Because he's got that no... I mean, he's got a no-movement clause. And even if he agrees to waive it, which he never would, no team is going to pay him, like, uh, $6.8 million or whatever he makes per season no. to be a third-pairing guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like the only way the Hawks would be able to trade him is if they were to eat up at least 80%, 75-80% of his contract salary. Mm-hmm. And even then, it would be contingent on him willing to waive his no movement clause. Yeah, and then that's still that go that if they eat his salary, does that go against our cap hit, or is that just money that's coming out of our pocket? Uh, you know, I couldn't tell you to be honest. I don't remember how it works. I mean, either way, like uh, no team is gonna take uh like a six point nine million dollar cap hit for. Uh, Brent Seabrook, who's a great leader, but a third-pairing defenseman. And if if we've still got... If we're still eating up his cap space, then we may as well just have him. Mm-hmm. Because he's he's still a, a, a good voice in the locker room. He just... his He's he's not as fast as he used to be. and um, Force him into we, an early retirement. That's the solution. I mean, <clears throat> and he's got so many years left on his contract. Even if we bought him out, we'd be paying him into like the 2030s. That's oh my god! Yeah, it's that's ridiculous. That I mean, Stan Bowman has a, a proclivity for overpaying his uh, players, but that Seabrook contract was just on another level. You don't give an eight-year contract worth that much money to a thirty-one-year-old defenseman. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? Eight <clears throat> years? Yeah, it was eight years. That no, that's yeah. ridiculous. It's it's absolutely insane. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, this this year we got to get back into the playoffs, or uh, I, I don't know if they have any choice but to hit the reset button. And I don't know that they would hit the reset button. They would like. I feel like it's more the. I almost feel like the Hawks would be. They would they would become the 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 twenty eleven to twenty fifteen White Sox. Just... And as a White Sox fan, I don't want to see that happen. <laughs> no, no, I would much rather, I'd much rather that the Hawks become the, uh, the the Cubs or the Astros than the uh, the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, those couple of seasons 
stuck in mediocrity where you go 500 or a couple games over 500 at best, but you still miss the playoffs, like, no. Mm-hmm. Not worth it. It'd yeah. be much better if they just go for the complete nuclear option and go for a straight-up rebuild. Mm-hmm. I agree. And you could, like, you, you get Kane to uh, waive his no-movement clause. You could trade him to Buffalo. You can probably get, like, seven, eight, pro- like, combination of prospects and draft picks for him. You could get so much for Patrick Kane. Uh, send him to Buffalo. I mean, even Taves, just, just for his leadership alone. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Taves is worth $10.5 million, though. I, I don't know if anyone would pay that. Um, look at us. We're we're like deconstructing the. We're planning out this rebuild that like uh, that pr- like probably won't even happen. Yeah. Um. We'll we'll see. Let's let's hope that. Uh, I mean, we've got we got a good front office. I think they'll make good decisions. I'm not I'm not terribly worried. It's not like. It's not like uh, the Hawks are run by uh, the McCaskies. <laughs> Although I will say in their defense that they've been more willing to spend money for the Bears, so there's that. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like that was pretty recent. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like the McCaskies were not willing to spend money up until very recently. Yeah. Um, Although I remember reading something, once again sidetracking, that yeah. the reason they were able to sign Khalil Mack to that huge extension was the fact that Trubisky is on that rookie contract still. That makes sense. So, once again, we'll see. You think Trubisky's going to pan out? Uh, I was just talking to my friends, some my, my gamer friends about this, and I'm like, I honestly don't get why the, why the Bears made that trade, or made that choice in Trubisky, because, well, yeah, even the trade. You moved up a slot just to guarantee mm-hmm. you get him. Yeah. But the fact that... You drafted a guy that had only played, I think, 11 or 12 college games in his career. Whereas you had a couple of other players that had two, three seasons of college starter games played. Mm -hmm. So you go for the unproven guy, whereas you could have drafted one of these guys that had a good college track record. Mm-hmm. which somewhat can translate to a decent NFL level. Mm-hmm. So it makes you question why they went for this guy. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, he's clearly a great athlete, but I, 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 it feels like he, um, he lacks... He, he lacks the, uh, the foresight that uh, great quarterbacks have. Guys like Aaron Rodgers and um, uh, Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, though, like, going back to that, like, Trubisky, the few starts that he watched, uh, what's his name, our giraffe <laughs> play, like, he didn't really have anybody that could mentor him. Yeah. Whereas Aaron Rodgers, he had Brett Favre that he was his mentor for mm-hmm. so many seasons before Far retired and Rogers became the starter. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's one of the things where 
his development took somewhat of a hit where he didn't have that good mentor to develop yeah. properly. Hmm. <clears throat> um, uh, so, uh, just a couple more things. We can wrap this up pretty quick here. Um, I was looking at some standings projections that a bunch of different sources had for the Hawks. Uh, uh, so Corsica had us at 78 points, uh, 7th in the Central, 23rd in the NHL. Uh, Sean Tierney's model had us at 72.9 points, 7th in the Central, 28th in the NHL. Uh, Money Puck had us at uh, much better at 89.7 points, which is, which is almost in the playoffs. You need probably around 92 points to get into the playoffs, but still 7th in the Central, uh, 24th in the NHL. A couple other people, uh, Rob uh, Pizzola, uh, who's a uh, semi-pro sports better. He had us at 85 points, 7th in the Central, 23rd in the league. Um, that was before the Carlson trade, though. Um, I, I couldn't find an updated version of his model. Um, Andy McNeil of Vegas Stats and Information Network had us at 85 points. Again, 7th in the Central and 25th in the NHL. Uh, all these people... So they not... all have us pretty much last in the Central. Yeah, last in the Central and then... Near the bottom of the league. Yeah, like 23rd or worse. Uh, you think that's accurate? You think we'll end up there? Um, I really feel like it's all actually con contingent on Crawford. <laughs> like, I really feel like Crawford is that X factor for the team. Yeah. Like, I feel like to start the season, the team can hold on... And I feel like if Crawford can come back and get back to the level where he was before the concussion and all that, mm -hmm. I feel like it would definitely help boost the team up to that next level where they're near the top of the conference and the division. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think Crawford is the difference between us getting uh, 95 points or 75 points. Um, it, I mean, there's a lot of question marks Certainly for the uh, the Hawks this year, can Saad, can Saad bounce back? Can Taves bounce back? Can Schmaltz and Dabrinkit take another step? Can uh, can Keith and Seabrook bounce back? Uh, but the, the, the biggest contributor is definitely Crawford and mm -hmm. his health. Um, so one last thing before we wrap it up. Uh, Kruger is back. Our good friend Marcus Kruger, who uh, we traded away uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk for our promising young defenseman who is now in Carolina. Um, Kruger's back. He's healthy again. He's, uh, he looks like he's going to be playing on the fourth line. Uh, will he, will he return to form? Will he improve the overall face-off stats for the team? Will he be the same kind of like, uh, uh, penalty kill, uh, staple that he was, uh, when the Hawks were more successful? I mean, I would like for Kruger to get back to where he was before he got traded because mm -hmm. he was pretty solid for us before he got traded. But I feel like I feel like he can definitely come back, return back to form. I mean, he's a good, he's a solid two way player. I mean, third, he's a good third, fourth line mm -hmm. center for us. So. Yeah, he can win face-offs. 
he can kill penalties. Um, assuming he's healthy, that is. He, uh, I, I think that that wrist surgery that he went through during the 15-16 season hurt him. Um, I think uh, he, I forget, I forget what it was, but he, he got hurt uh, last season when he was with um, Carolina and they sent him down to the AHL uh, and eventually traded him to Arizona. Um, and it, it seemed like the coach didn't like him very much. The, I think that hurt his confidence. Now that he's back with us, we know Q likes him a lot. Q's going to give him uh, special treatment uh, the way that Q does with all of his, uh, his veteran players. I, I think there's a good chance that Kruger can be a solid defensive player for us. I think that fourth line becomes our shutdown line. And uh, I, I think... Yeah, I, I think I think the Kruger trade works out okay. Yeah, I mean, like the one good thing I like feel with having Kruger back on the team is that like obviously you have Tabes as your center for the first um, PK mm-hmm. when you're on PK, but I feel like on the second unit you can alternate between um, Anisimov and Kruger or run them both at the same time. Yeah. So I feel like that's a big help to the team. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, I, I do really wish we sold Marion Hosa. Again, great two-way player. Great pickpocket. Um, I, I still I still love seeing that, that clip of um, uh, Kruger, not Kruger, um, of Marion Hosa uh, getting pickpocketed by Pavel Datsuk and then pickpocketing him back like 30 seconds later. Yeah, it's... That's a shame about Hosa, but yeah, I mean, you gotta go past it. I feel like that definitely had, like I said before earlier, that it had. I feel like Hosa's departure definitely had an impact on the team's performance this past season. So now that they know with a hundred percent certainty that he's not coming back ever again, I feel like the team can definitely perform better than they did last season and possibly exceed the expectations that they're looking forward the expectations into this upcoming season so Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I think they all knew that he wasn't coming back they might have even known it before the rest of us knew it but uh, obviously Hosa can't officially announce his retirement or else it would uh, fuck over the the Hawks in a lot of ways um so yeah, that's about all I had. I guess we can uh, we can wrap this up. Uh, I haven't decided with what kind of frequency I will be doing these, uh, be uploading these podcasts, or on what days or anything. But I figure I'll shoot for at least two a month. Um, all right. Uh, so I'm Luke. This is Abe. We will be back at some point in October. We'll talk some more uh, some more hockey. Um, let us know what you'd like to hear from us because this is our <laughs> first time doing this as a, a duo so yeah. let us know what, what yeah. we can improve on what we can cut out so yeah, we need your suggestions as well feedback is welcome you can tweet at me I'm uh, at Luke Stanberry I will uh, I should I should make a, a Twitter handle for this podcast at uh, uh, sweaterweatherpod is uh, what it'll be Assuming that's available. I really hope it's available. I just lie to people. Uh, tweet at us. Let us know if there's anything you want to talk about. Talk. Uh, you want us to talk about. 
Um, let us know if you have any feedback, if there's something that we can improve. Uh, if you just hate us and you never want to hear us again, then just unsubscribe. Don't leave a review. We don't want your bad reviews. If you liked it, leave us a good review. Um, if you have any questions you want us <laughs> to answer or potentially answer, shoot them at Twitter or at Luke. So that way we can possibly squeeze that in for our next episode as well. Absolutely. Sounds good. Uh, so we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.